Last Sunday, I talked to you about being thankful for what you have, being grateful for the small things that it could be so easy to miss. But I have to confess to you that if someone preached that sermon to me today, I would be annoyed because I'm feeling restless these days with how things are, with all that's messed up. And these days, I'm feeling particularly grateful for those who call us, who lead us from here on to where we ought to be. Especially grateful for those who do this and who walk their talk. On this Veterans Day, I'm grateful, of course, for all who serve and who have served. And not only in the military. I'm grateful for everyone who is working to help make ours a better world. As we just sang, thanks be for these who question why, who noble motives do obey, those who know how to live and die, comrades who share this holy way. There's some questions on my mind these days that I hope you will ask yourself today and in the days to come. How does the call to serve, to be of use, inform my life? What is my understanding of service? Is it what I live for or what I try to get out of? And why do I do what I do? Do I see service as an opportunity or an obligation? As something that diminishes myself or enhances it? I know I've set these things up as dichotomies, and there's a lot of gray in the middle there, but I sense those are important questions for us to be asking ourselves in these days. And asking these questions, I can't help but think of my mom, who told us from an early age, those to whom much is given, much is required. Some of you were told that too, right? Do you know that that passage is found in the Bible, in the Gospel according to Luke? I knew that, but I just learned the other day when I looked it up that President John F. Kennedy was fond of saying that expression, which explains to me why my mom was fond of quoting it to us. Those to whom much is given, much is required. I grew up in a family where service was assumed. You were expected to do things to help make the world better. And I got to see my grandparents and my parents doing this without any expectation of acknowledgement or reward, and this shaped me. 
Marion Wright Edelman, who founded and has led the Children's Defense Fund for many years, she must have grown up with this too. She says it plainly and she lives it every day. I put words of hers at the top of the order of service today. She says, service is the rent we pay for being. It is the very purpose of life and not something you do in your spare time. In this understanding of service, it is a duty. It is an obligation, a requirement. And part of me mourns the fact that this perspective of duty to one's country and to one's fellow citizens seems to be less prevalent and less respected than it was a generation or two ago. I fear that look out for yourself has become the norm these days, and that service, if it's thought about, is too often seen as an extra. The crumbs you might share if anything's left over after you've taken care of yourself and met your own needs. I'm including myself in this, but I have to say I find it discouraging that so often we are too busy or too tired or too distracted or too self-absorbed to show up and be of use. Sometimes I think it would be better if we still had some of that old-fashioned ethic of duty and obligation. I wonder some days if our country might be better if we did like some other nations and had a kind of compulsory service for young people. Even with its issues, the military is still one of those places where service is still practiced and honored. What could we learn from that culture where not everything is optional or open for negotiation? That said, I do understand how obligation and duty can become oppressive. That serving because someone is making you or because you feel guilty about something, that has its own problems. Guilt is not a particularly good motivator. And I'm glad that we don't do guilt here. Though sometimes I do have second thoughts. <laughs> Just saying. What I want to lift up today is a higher and even better kind of service. Service that brings joy and a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. Service that frees us and brings us into deeper communion with our true selves and with our comrades on this holy way called life. We heard this in each of our readings this morning. Paul's exhortation to the early church in Rome and Marge Piercy's beautiful poem, To Be of Use. The invitation to jump in to the work that is ours to do 
and to receive the strength and the joy that comes from not holding back, but from diving in. Listening to how these two passages both call us on and urge us to get on with it, I thought it could work to do a mashup of the two. So here goes. The people I love best jump into work head first without dallying in the shallows. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given us. I want to be with people who submerge in the task, to go, who go into the fields to harvest and work in a row and pass the bags along. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor who are not parlor generals and field deserters, but move in a common rhythm when the food must come in or the fire be put out. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Greek amphoras for wine or oil, Hopi vases that held corn are put in museums, but you know they were made to be used. The pitcher cries for water to carry and a person for work that is real. We are here on this earth to spend ourselves, to give and receive and be part of that flow of effort and energy and spirit, to do work that is hard and good and real, to serve something larger than ourselves, to build the common good, and in doing so, make our own days glad. But too often, I'm afraid, service gets equated with weakness, with powerlessness, with subservience. Certainly that's true in a world where power is often seen as something you have to fight for and climb over other people to get. And because of this, some of us have become uneasy with power. Am I right? Too often, some of us see power as unhealthy, as abusive, as oppressive, as power over, and we don't want to be part of that. But our world needs people of faith and goodwill to use all the power we have, all the power we have for good, Power isn't necessarily corrupting or oppressive. There's power that's used responsibly and well, power with rather than power over. Back in the times of apartheid in South Africa, 
One of the freedom songs that people would say gathering at these mass rallies in the streets was a song that said, Power, Lord, give us power. Because they knew they needed all the strength and the power they could muster. They trusted that God was on their side. And it was this faith that helped them to persevere and in time gain their freedom. Yesterday morning, I had the honor of giving the prayer at the rededication of Haverhill's Vietnam Veterans Memorial. This project was led by our own Ralph Basilier, who it was obvious yesterday what a great job Ralph did pulling people together to get the job done. It was moving to be with so many people yesterday morning who have devoted themselves to serving in many different ways. That was apparent in that gathering. And then last night, a small gathering of us drove to Lowell to attend the Merrimack Valley Project Awards Dinner, where we gathered to honor people for their service in community activism. It was a reminder to me that there is so much good work that we could be a part of. Sometimes I hear some of you saying, we should be doing this. We should be part of that. And something I need to get better at asking is, who is this we you are speaking of? because I'm not sure who this we is. And so I want to challenge you when you find yourself saying, we should be doing this, to change the pronoun and say, I want to be part of this, who is going with me? Our world needs all the cooperation and power and spirit that we can muster these days. And how do we get it? By rolling up our sleeves and by getting our hands dirty, by going along with others who are leading us, not by standing back, but by wading in, taking the risk of getting wet, embracing the call to serve, joining hands with others to do this work that needs to be done. Rabinadroth Tagore wrote, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted and behold, service was joy. I borrowed today's sermon title from a book by Courtright Davis called Serving with Power. He writes about changing our relationship with power, that rather than being attracted to the service of power, he says we need to be transformed by the power of service. One of the key themes of the gospel is that Jesus' disciples don't get it. They don't understand his ministry. 
They think that he is going to become king and that life is going to be easy for them from then on out. But Jesus tells them about what later gets called the way of the cross. Doing what is right, standing with those at the margins, despite what it is going to cost. Risking even persecution and suffering for what is right and good and true. And finding freedom and real power in the process. In our troubled and broken and violent world, it could be tempting these days to pull back into a defensive posture, to insulate ourselves as best we can, to seek protection from all that we fear. But you know that's no way to live. Our calling is to be people of faith and hope and love, opening up and reaching out, trusting in the good news that we are not alone in our struggles, that we are all part of a great love. And when we know this and we live our lives rooted in service, there is a power that goes with us, that gives us courage and keeps us company that brings us joy and that keeps calling us on. This was the faith of the great Protestant minister and preacher, Harry Emerson Fosdick. May the words of his great hymn be our prayer. God of grace and God of glory, on thy people pour thy power. Crown thine ancient church's story, bring its bud to glorious flower. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the facing of this hour. Strength and courage and power, my friends, for the facing of this hour for the living of these days. Amen.